in, they hear the doorbell. And who is it but the former housekeeper? And she is just relentless, keeps ringing the doorbell, keeps ringing it. And she is like, hey, I forgot something in the basement or just in the house. Maybe she wasn't specific enough, but she said, I left something. They're like, okay. They have like a video um, doorbell too. And so they're <laughs> looking at her and she looks terrible. She looks like, insane. She's like in this rainstorm in a rain jacket. Like her face is like, like messed up. I forget what happened. They they explain it what happens to her face, but yeah, she looks she, she looks, looks terrible. I don't know why anyone would have let her in the house. Honestly, yeah, she, she looks terrible, crazy. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Men Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zerlingo and Nina Granger. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Today, we are talking about the 2020 Best Picture winner, as we said in our last episode. Today, we're going to talk about Parasite. Uh, So if you're unfamiliar with the film, which at this point, I don't know how you possibly could be, uh, Parasite is a South Korean film. And it was released um, in October. Uh, well, actually, it premiered at the Cannes. Uh, it's not Cannes, right? Cannes. Can, the uh, Cannes Film Festival. I've always thought it was Cannes. I've never also never heard it said out loud. Um, in May of 2019. Um, but it was released uh, nationally, I believe, in October mm-hmm. of 2019. So this is a relatively new film. Um, so it's, uh, kind of hard to find if you want to watch it right now, it's still in theaters or if you want to rent it or buy it, um, you can on iTunes, Vudu, YouTube, um, all those renting apps out there. Um, so that's how I saw it was renting it on iTunes. Um, this film received just tons of critical acclaim. Again, it was the best picture winner. It also won best director, also best international film and best original screenplay. I think I read that it was also the first time that an international film had won and then the first time that a South Korean film was nominated. Correct. Yep. Um it is yeah, pretty pretty monumental film that one and um when i heard about this movie i had heard wonderful things everyone kept telling me to see it um again it's just so hard for me to see movies these days Mm -hmm. but i knew i had wanted to see it and then when i found out about just all of the awards that had won not including just the academy awards i was like all right let's bunker down and watch this movie it clocks in at 132 minutes uh, so it is a long one, a little over two hours, but definitely worth it. Um, obviously, spoilers ahead. This movie, you don't want spoiled for yourself because no. it has a pretty crazy twist. It does. And I actually had read that um, when it came out a lot, there was like kind of this publicity about it that was like, don't find anything out about it until you see it. So go in with kind of a clear mind and no expectations of what this movie is going to be like and let yourself be surprised by all the twists and turns which i didn't know anything about it until i started until i watched it yesterday 
I didn't either. And, you know, I kind of gave it a really, really bad description in the last episode. I honestly, I was wrong about what it's about. I thought it was about like a girlfriend that like infiltrates a family, but kind of just a basic summary before we get really into the plot. It is actually about a family that infiltrates another family. It's definitely a class story of the wealthy Mm -hmm. and the poor in South Korea. Um, And you think you know where it's going. And then an hour in, like literally like the halfway mark, it completely shifts gears, changes course. And it's a wild ride from there on out. Yeah, that's really good though. It was. My favorite part about this film is that it kind of blends a whole bunch of different genres. So it is, it's a drama, it's a thriller, it's suspenseful. It's kind of got some dark comedy to it yeah, too. for sure. Um, which is my favorite category of films, like the suspenseful thriller movies are my favorite. So this was right up my alley. I loved yeah. it. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought, it, I mean, it definitely has some dark comedy elements in the beginning. Like I found myself just kind of like, like not laughing, but kind of just like, ugh. Oh, my God. You know, like just some of those moments in the beginning, which we will get to. Um, Again, spoilers ahead. We'll talk more about there's some very obvious but really interesting themes in this movie. Again, we'll get to those later. And also just all of the acclaim that this film has. Um, But first, let's just talk about it. So um, I wanted to bring up also that it is a subtitle film. Yes. So um, I was in Korean, (laughs) which I knew it was and I was ready to watch it. But then I like (laughs) we were like, let's watch this movie after dinner. My husband and I, we had this like huge meal. And then it was like eight o'clock when we started it. And I was like, oh, no, I have to read for the next two hours. It is. Yeah. So I recommend watching this when you're like 100% awake because if you're not ready to read the subtitles then well honestly so much happens in this movie that is just like I mean you could probably have a pretty good idea of what's going on without even reading the subtitles honestly it's very obvious like the the class conflicts that you can see throughout the whole film so yep it's really good so let's get into it so we we start off by meeting the Kim family um, and we are going to go, we are going to try our best not to butcher names. I do not want to offend anybody. Um, and we're going to go off of maybe some of the American names and just saying the mom and dad. So there's a family of four, father, um, Ki Tak, mother, Chung Suk, daughter, um, Ki Jung, and son, Ki Woo. Um, the son they call Kevin, the daughter, Jessica. They live in like a basement apartment, um, and they have very low paying temporary jobs and are struggling to make ends meet. Um, in the beginning, they show a scene where they're like folding boxes and are trying to get money that way. Yeah, they fold pizza boxes yeah. for like this pizza company. Yeah, and they um, get docked some money because uh, they're not folded the right way or, you know, just... Uh, whatever so one day one of uh, Kevin's friends um he is a university student Min he has this uh very high paying job as a tutor to a wealthy family um and he's going to go uh study abroad so he kind of like offers that job to uh to Kevin um but Kevin's like why you know why would you tell a loser like me about this I don't have any education and he's like well you're smart you know just just lie pretty much just fake your way into the job he also um is important later he gives the family a scholar's rock it's meant to promise wealth to whoever possesses it it's this giant like like mini boulder almost like it's a really big rock I think Min is 
just really aware of how much the Kim family is struggling because mm-hmm. he gives them that like prosperity rock to like, you know, hopefully that that will help them earn some money. And then he offers that job to Kevin, even though he's underqualified for it. Yeah. And he basically is like, you know, English really well. Like you'll be able to talk to her. Yeah. You'll An English fine. tutor, I should have specified. Yes. He also says that, um, Min says that he has like developed feelings basically for the daughter and the family. And so he, he wants Kevin to take over while he's out of the country because he doesn't think that Kevin and the girl will like develop any feelings for each other. Basically, he's like kind of yeah. trying to, he's like, why would I let all of these like hot like, college, college guys boys like come all over? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, it was kind of funny because it's like sort of a, a like little insult in a way. Like, yeah. And also <laughs> like how old is Kevin supposed to be? Like, I don't like know. early twenties. I mean, he doesn't look very old. So that kind of, I don't know, it was kind of weird to me because she's supposed to be like a sophomore in high school. It's like 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And this like 20-ish year old man. I I think he's supposed to be college age. Yeah, maybe. I guess that's not that bad. Uh, anyway, so he offers the job to him. And um, so he poses as a university student to the Park family and he is hired. Um, Mrs. Park decides they will call him Kevin. So that's where the Kevin comes from. Um, and you right off the bat get the the vibe that Mrs. Park is just completely oblivious and gullible to anything anyone tells her. She seems a little not uptight, but that's really the only word I can think of. Like she's, you know, keeps, you know, they keep a clean home. They have a gorgeous, beautiful house. Her husband, you also get the vibe that he is kind of distant. Um, he says something a little bit later about... Um, I'll get to that later. So uh, anyway, slowly one by one, basically everyone in the Kim family starts getting these jobs. So while uh, Kevin is there with uh, the daughter, um, Mrs. Park says that her son, um, what is his name again? The son. Desong. Uh, yeah, Desong. He, um, he's kind of a, you know, a little bit of a loose cannon kid. He has a lot of energy. Um, but they think he's like a, like an artistic genius and, um, needs like an art teacher. And so, uh, one thing we didn't mention was, um, Kevin's sister, she like photoshops this like letter of recommendation or something. And it looks like super legit. And so they talk about like, oh, you know, like, why aren't you, you know, you could be an artist or a designer, um, cause she has all the skills. So he's like, Oh, I know somebody who'd be perfect for this. It was like, it's his cousin's friend or cousin's school classmate or whatever. Um, and so she comes and she also, you know, fakes that she has all of this experience and background and education. And she says, Oh, he needs art therapy. Um, so I'm going to need to come here four times a week. You're gonna have to pay this much cons her way into that job. Then they find out that the family has a driver and they get him fired so their dad can become the driver. And this is what I was talking about. He's driving Mr. Park around and um, he says something about like, oh, but you love your wife. And he's just kind of like, yeah, like whatever. So I don't I, I don't know. I kind of got the vibe that the parents like they love each other, but they kind of have this like weird relationship mm-hmm. that maybe he's out a lot maybe he isn't you know as like present know. yeah he's that, like the ceo of a technology company or something oh, okay. 
um, which is why he's got all this money. So I would imagine that he probably is not home a ton. A lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he talks shit about his wife, too. He's like, oh, she can't cook. Like, she can't keep a house. So that's why we have a housekeeper. Right. And- but she's a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So. Raising the kids. Yeah. Basically, he just insinuates that she does nothing all day. Yeah. Um, which is probably why she seems so neurotic. Like, she just seems like everything makes her nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, they have the housekeeper who has been in this family for ever, right? Basically since the house was built, because we've learned that the house was built by an architect, and when and she was a housekeeper for him, and then when he moved out of the house right. and sold it to the parks, she, she just stayed. stayed. Right, so she's been, she knows this place, and she knows these people, and they know that it's going to be a lot harder to get this housekeeper out. So for, for the mom, they, well, they find out that she has like a huge, like a bad allergy to peaches mm-hmm. and so this is actually kind of screwed up how they do this they put a like i mean like peach shavings right mm-hmm. into her like drink or her i forget um they just kind of like dust it on the back of oh, her right, neck right 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 they dust it onto her and then so she starts like coughing and then they make it look like she has like tuberculosis they like pour some sort of like sauce like hot sauce yeah. in the tissue to make like, it look like she coughed up blood right and so they uh decided to let her go and so then the whole kim family is now working for the parks family and they're none the wiser they have no idea they're all related um but they make uh i think mr park makes um or maybe it's the son that makes a comment about how they all smell the same they have like a weird smell which again from living in a basement you're gonna have your clothes are going to smell a certain way. Mm-hmm. So the mom makes a joke like, what are we going to like have to wash all of our clothes separately like, separately with different soaps? Um, but the mom, like doesn't she end up just like living in their house because she's the housekeeper? Yeah, she basically moves in. Yeah. Um, and then, so everything's going well, but then the family, the Parks family decides to go on a camping trip for the son's birthday. And so then the Kims are just kind of enjoying being in this house mm-hmm. and they're getting drunk and eating all of the food and just having a great time. And then they hear the doorbell. And who is it but the former housekeeper? And she is just relentless, keeps ringing the doorbell, keeps ringing it. And she is like, hey, I forgot something in the basement. Or just in the house. Maybe she wasn't specific enough, but she said, I left something. They're like, okay. They have like a video um, doorbell too. And so they're (laughs) looking at her and she looks terrible. She looks insane. She's like in this rainstorm in a rain jacket. Like her face is like like messed up. I forget what happened. They they explain it, what happens to her face. But yeah, she looks She She looks looks terrible. I don't know why anyone would have let her in the house, honestly. She She looks terrible. Crazy. So they let her in and they find her like up on the wall, like pushing this this like shelf, this bookcase out of the way of what is revealed to be like a secret door. And um, immediately the tone shifts in the movie. This is about halfway through. Immediately it it gets super suspenseful and way more fast paced. She runs down there and uh, Mrs. Kim goes down there as well. And that's where we find the old housekeeper's husband who has been living down there for years. And uh, it brings back how the former housekeeper has been there for decades. So she knew about this, you know, secret bunker um, but the Parks family doesn't. So she knows about it, so she's been able to hide him here and sneak food for him while she was working there, but now that she doesn't work there, 
obviously who's going to feed him. So she tries to get Mrs. Kim like on her side, like, Hey, we're one in the same, you know, do me this solid. And she's like, I'm not going to feed your husband. I'm not going to do this for you. And then in a way it's revealed that, okay, they've been playing the park family. They're all related. They're all frauds. And she gets it on camera. The former housekeeper, I feel like this might be confusing because I'm not really using anybody's names, but, uh, but anyway, so she's the former housekeeper. She uses the video she took as blackmail, and then she's like torturing this family. And it's, it's like I don't know. It's like funny, but it's also like super effed up. It is. It's really sad. They like she and the husband go upstairs, and they're like she's like giving him a massage. He's getting to stretch out because he's been like living in this basement for how long and hasn't left the basement in however long. Um, and she's like making the Kim family like sit together with their arms up, like basically torturing them, saying that she could send this blackmail video to the parks like at any given moment. And then finally, um, the parks like attack her and take her phone from her, basically. Um, and I was going to add also that we find out that the husband has been living in the basement because he's avoiding like debt collectors for years so these people were after him she knew about this bunker so she put him down there and she was like a live-in house keeper so she would just like bring food to him um if the family was out of town he would come up and stretch his legs go outside um in the basement in the bunker he's got his own bathroom like it's obviously not an ideal situation but um he's been living well he says that he feels like he was born there he was Mm -hmm. like very comfortable being down there and they wanted to just keep it the way that it was and he just has so much respect for uh nathan i believe is his american name the mr park Park has so much he says respect so much like in english respect like he respects him he even knows when he's coming up the stairs and he turns on the lights and and that's another thing is they say like oh you know the wiring is weird we need to get that looked at because the lights are always flickering and that's important later um but uh so yeah he's just been down there and kind of slowly losing his mind a little bit yeah uh but um so they attack the, the Kim family attacks them and then they get a phone call. The Park family is coming back early from the camping trip and they're going to be in there like 10 minutes. So they're like <laughs> rushing to like clean up the house and they like throw the old housekeeper and her husband downstairs. And, um, and actually, uh, Mrs. Kim sees her coming back up the stairs and she like, like literally kicks her, kicks her down the stairs and she hits her head and you later find out I don't think she dies yet but she's pretty close yeah she says that she's got a concussion and she's throwing up in the basement Ugh. and this was also after they had while the fighting and like tussling was ensuing um Jessica the daughter goes to the kitchen and grabs peaches and is like rubbing them all mm-hmm. over the housekeeper's face mm-hmm. so she's already like in a pretty like shitty state like she like looks like she can't see you know she's all like broken out in hives and then mrs Mm -hmm. kim kicks her down the stairs and she hits her head on the wall and yeah yeah it's pretty traumatic yeah and then um they make it just in time but i mean everyone's hiding like kevin's hiding underneath the daughter's bed and uh jessica's hiding under the table um and then of course mrs kim is you know she's just you know the housekeeper now so she's fine she's making dinner for everybody and then that's when uh, mrs park 
uh, confides in her that her son had a traumatic experience and she says like do you believe in ghosts well uh my you know my son he years ago on his birthday this is why we leave for his birthday and we you know try to do something fun because uh years ago he went downstairs late at night to eat some birthday cake and he saw a ghost and we you know can tell that it wasn't a ghost it was just the housekeeper's husband coming upstairs and he like has a seizure and it's because of that he has ptsd and it explains a little bit why you know he is the way he is and so um after all of that it's like the next day and they're having like like a birthday party for him um and all these people are coming over and kevin and jessica are there as like guests Mm -hmm. but um their parents are there working so uh mrs kim is you know helping prepare food and then um I think Mr. Kim I don't know what he's doing just Mr. kind of like Kim, helping like. well it was kind of a last minute thing that Mrs. Park was like you know what we're gonna throw this birthday party um for DeSong who is the son um they had gone on that camping trip to celebrate his birthday kind of just to get him out of the house because of his PTSD yeah. was surrounding his birthday so she said that they try to do something special for his birthday every year but then it was like monsooning outside there was this huge rainstorm so that's why they came back so she says, last minute, we're just going to throw together a birthday party this, like, today. She says that in the morning. And so she's having Mr. Kim drive her all over town to pick up food right. and supplies and everything. Yep. She's calling all of her friends, getting everybody to come over for this party while Mrs. Kim is preparing and decorating and cooking and whatnot. And then, so this is when the uh, original housekeeper, which I just want to say his name. Let me, give me a second. Let me find it. Uh, um, John Say, I believe, is his name, the uh, original housekeeper, Moon Gwang's husband. Um, he, well, uh, Moon Gwang dies down there, mm-hmm. and he loses his shit. So he is, like, going to take his revenge. He gets a nut. Well, and he's, like, banging his head on the lights, too. So his, like, face is all bloody. And as they're about to bring the cake out to uh, DeSong, he comes up with a knife and then just starts, uh, he runs up to Jessica because she has the cake and he stabs her in the chest. Everyone's freaking out. Um, DeSong, he passes out uh, because he recogni- He immediately recognizes that this is the man, the ghost, the ghost that he saw. So he passes out. Everyone's freaking out. Um, Mrs. Kim starts fighting him and she ends up stabbing him with a, uh, like a, like a skewer. skewer. Yeah. And, um, one thing that we, we left out was when um, everyone was hiding under the table, uh, Mr. Kim heard uh, Mr. Park talking about him, about how he has this, like, smell, like, and he, you know, he's it, like, oh, you know, there's, you know, so many things that don't cross the line, but, like, this does, like, it's just, like, something that is so, like, low class to him, like, he's just really talking down just about, and it's so sad, he, like, grabs his shirt and, like, smells himself, and he's, That's like, really sad. He's, like, do I smell, like, what's going on, and it, it's basically, there's just big, like, class slap in the face, like, yeah. that Mr. Park, who's, like, very rich, lives in this amazing house, and um, he owns his own business. It's like a technology business. He's the CEO, so he's very successful. And he is just talking like mad shit on Mr. Kim, just about how he smells and how, like, how he can smell it from the back of the car. And Mr. Kim is like totally unaware of this, obviously. And so he kind of starts to realize that, you know, not only can you see classism, but apparently you can smell it too. Yeah. Which is just so sad. So he's kind of building up 
you can kind of tell through the movie that he's building up this this like rage. resentfulness yeah. and rage towards Mr. Park for saying that about him. One thing I forgot to mention was okay, b- the night that all of this is going on, the before the party, the Kim family ends up escaping without being noticed, but they go back to their apartment and it's completely flooded and they have to mm-hmm. evacuate and they're just placed and they go to like a gymnasium and there's this really powerful scene where uh Kevin's trying to talk to his dad. And he's just like, you know, what are we going to do? And he basically is like, nothing matters. It doesn't matter what you do. Life is just going to do what it wants to you. It's really sad. It is. It's super depressing. But it's like this man has just been beaten down. Mm -hmm. And Kevin's like, I'm so sorry that I, you know, did this to our family. And uh, so that's, it's kind of a, it's a powerful scene, but it's also a very sad scene. So back to the party. So, uh. When Mr. Um, what's his name? Gianse. Yes, the husband of the housekeeper. Yes. When he escapes from the basement, um, Kevin is downstairs. We kind of forgot to mention that. Yes. Kevin's downstairs and he, um, Kevin has, oh, Kevin is going down there because. To like check on them, to right? To check on them and he's got that big rock, that yes. boulder of prosperity or whatever. And he accidentally drops it down the stairs, yeah. which you know, alerts the guy that the door is open. So he, the housekeeper's husband grabs the rock, chases Kevin back up the stairs and like hits him in the head with it. Mm -hmm. There's blood everywhere. Like it's a pretty fair assumption at that point that he's dead. Yeah. And that's when he runs upstairs and stabs Jessica and the big fighting ensues. Um, And then when uh, it's kind of revealed here that, you know, they're all family because when Jessica gets stabbed, like she's bleeding out uh mr kim goes to her to to save her and um, the park family is like we don't have time we need to get out of here and um they like roll over oh my god john say and he like can smell him and he uh just gets overwhelmed and And mr park is like offended by the smell of the housekeeper's husband and his like dead body is laying on top of the car keys Yes, and he like this. I don't know. It like triggers something in Mister like, Kim. He holds his nose. Yeah, when he's rolling him over, and I think that that triggers Mister Kim because he's like, they knew that the housekeeper's family, which the the housekeeper had talked about this, that they're like they're one and the same. That they are poor. They're working for this rich family. They're just trying to make ends meet. And the husband had been living in the basement, so obviously he's, like, not well-washed. Like, he probably didn't smell very good. No. Plus, he'd been beating his head on that thing, so he looks terrible. And Mr. Kim, or, sorry, Mr. Park rolls him over to grab those car keys, and he holds his nose because he, because the guy smells bad, and Mr. Park sees that, and... Or Mr. Kim sees it, and he just, like... Yes, sorry. ...flips a switch, and he just, like, goes up and stabs him. Yeah. And it, it's, like, then... I'm pretty sure Mrs. Park, she faints. Like, she's just so, like, you you can see it on her face. Mm-hmm. She's just so, like, in shock. And yes. they're trying to get everyone evacuated and everybody away. Mr. Kim ends up escaping. Like, he just flees the scene. Um, and then Kevin, through, like, a voiceover, Kevin and his mom end up being convicted. Like, he is in, like, a, I'm assuming, like, a me- he actually survives. He's mm-hmm. in, like, a medical-induced coma or something. They do brain surgery and then after brain surgery, it's this is actually kind of funny. They're like trying to read him as Miranda writes, but he's, he's like just laughing. waking up from anesthesia. Yeah, and he's laughing, and they say, "Oh, this is common for brain surgery patients." And he's like, "Well, should I read him again?" <laughs> and um, but 
they you find out Jessica does not survive the attack. She dies. And then um, they're actually, amazingly enough, all they're convicted of, uh, Kevin and his mom, are just of, like, fraud. And they get away with just probation. Mm-hmm. So they, too, survive. Jessica dies. And then Mr. Kim is nowhere to be found. But um, they go back to their apartment, and life is kind of going back to the way it was before um, the parks just move. They try to sell the house, and eventually it gets sold to a different family. And Kevin continuously goes up the mountain to uh, – he can see the house from the from the top of the hill. Not mountain, hill. And he's seeing the lights flicker again. And then again through voiceover, uh, Mr. Kim is living in the bunker. And he's staying down there and is through Morse code, through the lights, trying to communicate with his son one word at a time that he's there and he's okay. And uh, he also, you know, talks about when after the situation, that was the first thing he did. He just went to the bunker and nobody was in the house. So he was able to, you know, get rid of the former housekeeper's body, you know, give her a respectful burial. And he obviously felt horrible for what he did. He didn't, I don't think he really meant to kill Mr. Park. It was just kind of like a fit of, of rage. And mm-hmm. so he talks about that and how he, you know, basically just a big apology to his son. And then Kevin's voiceover is talking about how he will one day buy that house. Like he wants to make enough money to buy that house and set his father free. And I don't know if it's like imaginary or if it's actually real when they go forward in time mm-hmm. and he's looking at the house Kevin is and he and his mother move into the house and they set his father free and that's how the movie ends I don't know if that's actually real or not yeah I don't know if it's like a just him imagining opening, or... hoping that that's what's going to happen um but it is it's kind of a sweet little like future scene it is to see Mr. Mr. Kim come up the stairs and be free after however long he's been down there but that that's parasite so again when when i talked about this movie last week i clearly didn't know what it was about i i thought it was about an entirely different thing like i Mm -hmm. this is a movie that i mean obviously if you've made it this far in the podcast you know what happens but you really just need to see for yourself and if you're not a fan of foreign films like i understand that you know subtitles can be difficult um but it's totally worth it at a certain point you don't even know that they're there. Like mm-hmm. you kind of, you're able to follow along on what's going on. And the themes I feel like are super universal in any culture. And it's, when I think about it in the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture this year, I'm, I don't want to say I'm surprised that it won, but it's it's definitely, it was a different kind, not just the fact that it is an international film, but it is a very different kind of movie to win Best mm-hmm. Picture, wouldn't you say? I would, but I think that, like you said, it, it's such a universal concept to have this like classism and social inequality, and I think that that's probably why it won, because it is so relatable in any country, in any society, that there's that's always going to yeah. be the rich and the poor and the differences between them. There's always going to be some rich person that has some poor person working for them and the dynamic that goes on there so i think it's the reason probably why it won is because it is so understood that that is just the way that the world is absolutely and then we're always going to be working to try to close that gap we will talk more about just the impact of this film all of the awards it's won 
and of course some more of the themes. But first, let's talk about what else we're watching. Okay, um, so I know I'm rewatching Shit's Creek. Are you watching Shit's Creek? Yes, still? I'm so <laughs> obsessed with it. I'm almost caught up to the live season. Oh, yeah. So I'm I've been watching it um, with the Cox Contour app, which you know my parents pay for, and I just stream on the app as a hey, freeloader. That's all right. Yep. So um, I'm so not that's for like the new episodes or yes for okay. season six. So that's like coming out, and it's the final season. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I might need to figure out how I can do that too because I yes. all five the first five seasons are available on Netflix, but mm-hmm. the sixth season, since it's happening right now, is not right. And I think at this point, um, there's like eight or nine episodes that are out already in this season, and I've watched I think six of them. <gasps> so I know, and I'm getting really, really sad because it's coming to a close. But mm-hmm. I had read. Um, an article with Dan Levy mm-hmm. and he was talking about how they wanted to make sure that they ended the series while they're ahead basically and not drag it out into something that people didn't want to watch anymore people weren't interested in anymore and so I, I think respect that, that a lot. I do too even though I'm really sad that it's going to be ending and I feel like they could probably do more with the show but I wouldn't want it to be forced and it seems like it's wrapping itself up nicely already and yeah. halfway through season six so we watched it. We binge watched it really quickly because it's so good. So I was just in D.C. last weekend for our meet and greet. And um, it's actually funny. A, a group of us were all talking about Shit's Creek and how much we love it. And uh, we went to a drag show. It was actually a drag brunch. And it was amazing. It sounds amazing. Yeah, it was. If you guys ever go to uh, D.C., there's a place called Perry's. And you Definitely have to book it in advance. They book up really fast. I'm sure there are other places like this around the country, but I'm just telling you about my experience. It was amazing. And one of the uh, queens, she danced to um, Simply the Best, (laughs) which uh, if you're familiar with Schitt's Creek, Patrick does a beautiful acoustic cover of it for David. And we were all like, oh my God. Oh my God, Just I love like it. clutching our pearls. It was So was she dancing to the Tina Turner? Yes. The oh, Tina okay. Turner. She was dressed as Tina. Oh, okay. So she did that and I'm um, like rolling on the river and it amazing. was amazing. And we were all talking about it. And it, it, this is a show that we've talked about reviewing. I just don't know what else can you, what all can you say about the show besides how just it's amazing. You need to watch it and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but oh, that guy's name is Noah Reed, by the way, who plays Patrick. Oh, and plays he Patrick? is, you can find him on Spotify. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I was looking that up the other day because I, I had it stuck in my song, stuck in my head. The song stuck in my head. And so I just looked it up and he's got like a whole like list of songs. He's that amazing. He, yeah. He's an independent recorder. So I got to tell you that uh, David and Patrick's storyline is like, the best top of the list of why I love I mean I love that show for many reasons but mm-hmm. their relationship is just uh, gives me all the feels you know and like in like in a comedy show it's nice to have like still a heartwarming like plot line yes under every all the crazy things that happen to them it's nice to have have that as like kind of a solid baseline for the roses and I think that it's really cool too that um, that Dan Levy he posted on his I follow him on Instagram and he posted a photo of it was like a promotional billboard for the show um, that showcased the characters David and Patrick kissing and like just 
that is huge. Just a a, yes. a gay couple being portrayed positively, mm-hmm. advertising a show in you know this day and age is super cool and just very just shows how far we've come. And mm-hmm. he was very proud of that, and I I too am proud of that. I think that they did a really good job of addressing Patrick's bisexuality and his coming out um, like to his parents and on the show in general they just did that in a really tasteful way they did i really like respected that especially because obviously david's character is like somewhat flamboyant like it's pretty obvious that he's not i don't know how to say that in a better descriptive way i I got you yeah he's Mm -hmm. he's bisexual on the show or what do you what is it called pansexual yes 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 so um He's just, I, I cannot decide. Every episode I watch, I'm like, I can't decide who my favorite character is. I, I love know. everybody so much. I know. It's, it's always flip-flopping between David and Moira for me. Yep, those two are great. And Alexis is wonderful as well. And She's of course, also so funny. Of course, John, uh, Eugene Levy is amazing as well. Every, everyone's just perfect. Everybody was nominated for um, like the Canadian television awards or whatever it is oh, basically I, like a canadian version of like the emmys or something yes okay. every, like literally every single character from the show is nominated nice well that's yes. it's canada they're a lot nicer out there so true <laughs> out there uh so if you have not watched Shit's creek do it it's amazing just it's, do it for the do it for the gifts do it for the memes yes and <laughs> it's it's again speaking of dc we went to the, one of the art museums and braided and i just kept pointing out the different paintings of babies the baby. we kept saying where is baby's chamber where is baby's chamber just oh if you want to understand watch the show first five seasons on netflix get on it oh my um, God, so great what else are you watching um yeah that's pretty much it pretty much i am uh, once again who would be surprised re-watching The Office? The Office. I, I am. It. I am. Oh, actually, we saw a couple movies in theaters. We Ooh. saw The Gentleman, which was amazing. We saw Good. Bad Boys for Life, which was okay. <laughs> I don't know. I guess my I kept my expectations relatively low for that, and, and they were met. Okay. That's sure. the best I can say about it. And then um, we saw 1917 the other night. How was which that? Which was another... Um, Best Picture Nom. Yes, Best Picture How Nom. How was it? Um, for, I do not like war movies, which when I talk on this podcast, I'm always saying about stuff that I don't like. It's okay. <laughs> but We I'm, all have our taste. I just, I don't really like gore. Like that's kind of where also I don't, like I don't do well with like horror movies either because I just don't do well with, which is so funny since I'm an x-ray tech and like I work in healthcare <laughs> and I just can't like handle gore and blood in movies. I'm like, it's just unnecessary for me to watch it. But um for a war movie, it was really, it was really good. Yeah. What was the, I saw Dunkirk when that came out. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I hated that movie. Did you? There was no plot. Like, I mean, it was just the the war was the plot. There was no like character development or anything, which I didn't like. But in 1917, there was really good character development. Um, Is it true it's all in like one shot? Yes. Ooh. Which wow. my husband, we were talking about it the other day and he explained it best that it's it's a lot like playing a video game. So you're like the camera is behind the characters for a lot, like following them or it's in front of them and watching them come towards the camera. Um, It's like just visually stunning. It feels very immersive that way. There's like maybe there's like one point where one of the characters like blacks out. And so there was like a a black scene Mm. for about 
probably like 10 seconds, like almost an uncomfortable amount of time wow. that you're like, is this guy like dead or concussed or whatever? Um, and that's the only break in the entire movie. Wow. Yeah. It, it was really actually very, very good. I can see why it was nominated. Um, did you ever see Hacksaw Ridge with uh, Andrew Garfield? Mm-mm. That's another war movie. But I, so I'm like hit and miss with war films. Like there's so many out there. Like mm-hmm. I, I want something that is not just agreeing with you, you know, not just a bunch of gore and people, you know, blowing up for lack of a better word. Right. Um, but this film is actually, I really, really liked it because I didn't know it was based on a true story. I mean, well, all war films are to an extent, but, um, like so, a real personal story. Yes. So, um, let me just look up real quick. That makes me feel better. I should see that one too. Cause I like it when it's like, there was a lot of things that I saw in 1917 that you know weren't great but it really I think painted a good picture of what war really was like when there were like the um what do you call that like the The trenches yes like trench warfare it was really good like visualization of that kind of the plot of the movie is that there's just a character that needs to send a message to one of the other troops and so he has to cross like three miles worth of um, like warfare territory Oof. enemy lines to go and deliver this message to the other troop and so you're following him while he's like on that journey to get there um, so Hacksaw Ridge um, it's a true story of Desmond Doss Andrew Garfield and he was actually nominated for um, best actor for this film he um, he refused to bear arms he refused to use a gun and kill anybody wow and yes and how did he- they put him in the military uh, <laughs> I was surprised. Well, he was able to use, uh, based on his religion, he did not believe in murder, but he wanted to join the military to save lives. He wanted to be a medic. Oh, and okay. he actually saved 75 men in the Battle of um, Okinawa. He actually helped retrieve uh, U.S. soldiers from uh, the war, essentially. Wow. Like, he, and he won the Congressional Medal of Freedom. Like, he was a great man and the movie is all about that and it's a really good movie wow i think you should watch now it. i kind of want to watch that it's it was great and again like like my husband wanted to watch it this was like months ago i'm like eh, i don't know mm-hmm. another war movie but it's really good and it's very well told and andrew garfield does a really good job he i don't i don't I know who him. was nominated that year but i wouldn't say he was like robbed but he deserved the nomination at least hmm um, what is coming out soon? Like new shows, seasons. What are you looking forward to? Um, Ozark. Oh. New season of Ozark is coming out. Okay. I think it's this month. Oh. Um, it's soon. It might be March, but I think it's in February. I don't know. Speaking of, up. how fast did February go? It's already almost no. spring. It's so funny, too, because <laughs> January was like a thousand years, but February <laughs> has been one second long. I don't it's understand. It's true. It's true. It's like all of a sudden, like by the time this episode airs, it will be February 22nd with a week left in the month. That is crazy. Um, and then all of our shows are going to be ending soon. Like you know. shows are usually wrapping up. Anything that's live at least is is wrapping up. Oh gosh, I got to catch up on This Is Us this weekend. Oh, you do? I think I'm like two episodes behind the I, live. Yes, I just watched the most recent episode. Oh, I heard it was more, and, like heartbreaking. Oh, yes, it was oh. heartbreaking and it was also like really sweet and just, 
you just that show just knows how to like pull at your heartstrings and like make you want to watch more like it just it uh, you can't give up on it it's amazing <laughs> that's one of those sh- i'm like i'm not a big crier but there are sh- certain shows that will make me cry and this is us is one of them and always. my husband will give me so much shit always. If, if there's something that does make me cry like he is like oh she's actually got a heart <laughs> so i will not watch it around him i'm like leave me alone, leave me alone. do you <laughs> did you watch it with the episode when we found out spoilers that jack died because of the fire like the crock pot episode yes or yes and i was traumatized i actually saw it on my it came up on my time hop the other day because i'd posted about it and was like i am traumatized i'm like, like never leaving my crock pot on oh when yeah i'm like asleep or not home ever again like it's scary and yeah that uh i the episode aired after the super bowl that year and mm-hmm. uh i remember like my husband like he kept bugging me and kept trying to talk to me and I'm like leave me alone I'm trying to watch this show this go like the away most significant episode it was like because we were always like how does Jack die what happens and you think he dies in the fire but he doesn't he dies which I, I've heard from our healthcare professionals that it wouldn't happen that way how he he ends up passing he has like a massive heart attack mm-hmm. like after going to the hospital he only went for like burns or something yeah, it was like from smoke. It was like a delayed, um, like widowmaker heart attack from a from, from smoke, smoke inhalation. inhalation. So sad. I think it could happen. I don't think it would be like without a warning. Like Rebecca like steps away for like five minutes and then he dies he just in dies. that time. Like I don't think it would be like that really. But so I heard that uh, Jack being on in the bed like he wasn't supposed to be. So when she comes in and like like goes back to him, like she wasn't expecting him to be there like me anymore so her reaction was a little bit more real she's like oh like she just wasn't expecting to see him there oh so man i yeah. love her i know she's coming too. out with an album i know good for her i know good she is she deserves it also um what's her name kate what's her characters or what her chrissy Metz. yes she performed at the academy awards she sure did i thought that was so sweet that she gave a shout out to her mom did you so watch many it? people were like I didn't know Chrissy Metz could sing. I'm like, what? She sings on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's got like her own like record, like any. I don't know. Independent, but she was like basically homeless before she got on that show. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my she God. was like really struggling to make ends meet in L.A. And I think she was just like just seen by a scout, and they pulled her onto the show. Well, no, that wasn't the first thing she did. She did a couple other small things mm. before the show, but like she was in an episode of. Um, American Horror Story. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. She I was in the her. freak show season. I did not. I, that's, I can't watch it. That show, <laughs> I've given up on that show. I gave up after that season, actually. I never got into it. I mean, something about when I don't, I don't like horror. And then it literally says American Horror Story in the title. Just, yeah. I didn't really go there. Hey, you know what? We all have our tastes and so that's true. fine. Um, but I'm more of a comedy kind of person. <laughs> I, I think I've, I've gotten that vibe. Yeah. Um, but you know, next week when we review your your favorite movies, yes, we'll have we'll have plenty of laughs in that one. But yes. that is uh, what else we're watching. All right. Um, let's get into the final chapter of our review of parasite so like i said in the beginning um this film was uh directed by bong joon ho and i realized when i was doing a little bit of research on him that he also directed a film that i've seen called the host 
I have heard about that, but I've yes. not seen it. He also directed um, something else that was really big. It has totally escaped my mind now. Shh. In addition to directing, and of course, he also Snowpiercer That's wrote it. it. Snowpiercer? Oh. Yes, which I've not seen that either, but oh. I've heard a lot of good things about that, too. I mean, he's he's directed a bunch of films. Yeah, it's uh, so the host, I remember I a friend of mine in high school, we were obsessed with like monster movies and horror films, and it's a monster movie about it i think like a river gets like it's been a long time since i've seen it gets like polluted and so there's this like mutant monster that takes this little girl Mm-mm. and it's about saving her she 99 sure she lives but <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> sorry but i when i was just looking him up and i'm like what what like i had no idea and it's amazing that yeah he has been making movies for a long time and is just now being recognized and sometimes that happens sometimes people you know you just get your big break and i think that this this was it this Mm -hmm. movie again you know was the first ever international film to win best pictures for south korean film to even be nominated he i loved his speech his uh best director speech how he didn't really talk about himself he talked about the other directors how he was inspired by martin scorsese when he was a film student how uh he loves quentin tarantino's films and when when you watch it and it pans over to martin scorsese like he looks like he's in tears like so just moved by this man you know speaking his praises for him and that just shows full circle how when we do things like this in any profession somebody is always watching Mm -hmm. and how he was inspired and now also won Best Director because Martin Scorsese has won before. And, right? Yeah, I think so. He's at least been nominated, but I'm pretty sure he's also won. I would be surprised if he hadn't won. Right. He, uh, it's just amazing, you know, how, and he was so funny how he's like, I will drink until tomorrow. (laughs) Just like, he's just so happy. A little bit more um, information. Um, So this movie U.S. dollars, the budget was about $11.4 million. And the box office, it uh, received $206.5 million. So wow. definitely a commercial success. Uh, it premiered at the um, Con? Cannes. 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 The Cannes <laughs> Film Festival on uh, May 21st. It became the first South Korean film to win the Palme d'Or? D'Or? And the first film to win with a unanimous vote since Blue is the Warmest Color in 2013. Um, it's, again, yeah, had an $11 million budget. became one of South Korea's highest grossing films. Um, it won the four Academy Awards. It became the first. Of, uh, it won the Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Film, the BAFTA Award for Best Film Not in the English Language. It became the first non-English language film to win the Secret Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in Motion Picture. So this, it swept a lot of the big awards and all these, you know, big award shows, which I think is, is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, again, just so groundbreaking. I love i mean most foreign films i've seen are horror films uh, i've seen a lot of like asian horror films oh my god they're so much scarier than american horror they, films they just, i cannot handle it they just know how to scare people yes and i don't even go there <laughs> like this this movie it's not scary but it has some like really creepy like the housekeeper's husband like he's creepy and mm-hmm. kind of scary at sometimes 
There were so many times where I'm like, wait, is this going to turn into a horror movie? I'm like, don't go down the stairs. You're just asking for it. Like, I didn't, I really just had no idea where it was going to go. It was crazy. I didn't either. I like, like I said, halfway through, it just completely turns, shifts gears. I love the way that this movie was like directed. Like it's beautifully shot and there's a lot of continuous shots where it like Mm -hmm. zooms in on things or like goes between characters. Like it's not very, uh, I can't, I can't like multicam, but it's it's not documentary mm-hmm. style either. Like it's very, I just love the way it's shot. It's beautiful, and everyone acts very well in this. Like I unfortunately don't know what any of these actors are from, um, any other films that they are in, but they all did an incredible job. Actually, I'm I think that the the dad was in yeah. the host. Mr. Kim was in pretty sure um but everyone did you know a great job and the story itself like we said before transcends nationalities i mean the class struggle between uh you know the rich and the poor is always going to be relevant Mm -hmm. and one thing that that bong had said about um there's a lot of like native american iconology in this film Mm -hmm. uh the sun he he's a cub scout yeah which i didn't know that they had cub scouts or boy scouts in in other countries i had no idea i didn't know that either but he uh he dresses as a native american he has like the bow and arrow and he has like the headdress and um bong actually had a statement about you know native americans and all of the the struggles and the uh uh what's the word i'm thinking of not decolonization or is that the right word just all of the for the lack of a better word all the shit the native american people have been through over history and how he kind of used that in his film how these these wealthy people it's just oh it's just it's just things to them like it does like they don't really think about that aspect of it um and how like maybe this is just me but but the husband um mr park how he you know kind of took his I wouldn't say he took his family for granted, but you kind of got the vibe that he was just kind of like, yeah, you know, like yeah. when it came to his wife, like he didn't really, and it, maybe it's a cultural thing, but mm-hmm. he, um, but, but, but I don't think that because like the, the Kim family with what little they had, they loved each other and they would do mm-hmm. anything for each other and, you know, work together. But he just, you know, the more money you have, the less you have to care, I guess, you know, like that's just kind of the vibe I got. Yeah, I would say so, too. He didn't seem very connected to his family, especially considering that, you know, supposedly the son had gone through some kind of traumatic experience with seeing ghosts, and he seemed kind of checked out of of that situation. Mm -hmm. And then also, I thought it was interesting, too, that, you know, as it's it's pretty well known that, like, especially in um, Asian cultures, that, like, being intelligent and being scholarly is so important. So, like... You know, they had to hire this private tutor for Dahai um, just so that she would be successful. But you don't see the, like, the dad's not there helping her with her homework. You know, like, mm-hmm. they outsourced because he he's kind of just, like, checked out mm-hmm. and in that way. I just, the, the scene where they're all, you know, getting drunk in the house and eating together, the Kim family, just how much they appreciated just the simplest of things that they didn't mm-hmm. have in their home. And uh, I, I guess in like South Korean culture, you know, these, these type of apartments are very common. They're very cheap. 
they're affordable, but they do have these problems of flooding and they mm-hmm. do, you know, they're associated with, you know, lower class and, um, uh, some of associated like this movie with the term hell, Josian, a phrase which has become popular with young people in the late 2010s to describe the difficulties of life in South Korea. So I feel like this film, I mean, it touches on things that we can all relate to, but it also gives you a little bit of, uh, you know, information on just this country itself, things that maybe we don't mm-hmm. know because we're, you know, we don't, you know, read up on other countries as much as we should. Mm-hmm. My favorite theme about this whole movie, which I had read about, and I was like, wow, that is so insightful, that if you think about this entire movie and the classism and the social inequality and, like, capitalism and all of that, it's portrayed in the movie so well if you just think about, like, the above ground and the below ground. So it's a good way to, like, visually represent that the... Park family is living up on a hill in this beautiful house and the Kims are living underground in this like basement apartment and the housekeeper and her husband, well, the housekeeper's husband is living underground Mm -hmm. and it's a good way to kind of see how big the difference is with the class conflict and how the rich are living above and the poor are living below. I just thought it was like a really beautiful way to represent that. Absolutely. Um, So we had brought up earlier about we weren't sure about what the ending represented. And I'm looking at uh, the Wikipedia page and it says, according to Bong, the ending implies that Kiwoo, Kevin, will not be able to earn the funds needed to buy the house. As it shows, Kiwoo, while still in the basement, he described, or sorry, um, Kiwoo was the father. Uh, While still in the basement, he described this shot as a surefire kill, referring to a coup de grace to ensure death. So the ending song refers to Kiwoo working to make money to get the house. No, sorry, Kiwoo is Kevin. Um, Choi Woo Sheik stated that I'm pretty sure Kiwoo is one of those bright kids. He'll come up with some idea. He would just go into the German family's house, and I think he will rescue his father. The German family is the new family that moved in. According to many interpretations, this dream, okay, so it is a dream, ascribes to a bootstrapping mentality and it is unlikely to be achieved furthermore it does not address the fundamental problem at hand even in this fantasy scenario Kitak would still be contained in the house by a legal system that would seek his prosecution and imprisonment true he has his there's obviously a warrant out for his arrest yeah he would never truly he would be, never be free, free. yeah no. so sad it is a sad ending but it's sometimes with these movies you know it's you know life doesn't always have a happy ending but it's still you know, you still learn something. And I, still th- I also think it's significant that um, Mr. Kim essentially replaced the housekeeper's husband in the basement. Yeah. Like, it's just a new cycle. Yep. Super sad. So I, I would assume then that he's just going to, well, he mentions that, you know, the family, their kids are older and the parents aren't really around. So really there's no one in the house very often, but the housekeeper is there 24 seven. So he still has to like sneak around to feed himself and mm-hmm. just what, what a life. Yeah. A sad, a sad life. But again, the themes in this movie of, of that, you know, class inequality and struggle are always going to be relevant. And I'm, I'm glad that a movie, even if it was a foreign film was able to touch so many people in that way. Mm-hmm. And so many people were able to enjoy it. And I think even at the Golden Globes, when they won, they said, you know, 
watch more movies with subtitles. You know, get past the get past the fact that there are subtitles and you have to read. There's still themes that you will be able to relate to. There's still actors and stories that or stories that actors are trying to tell that you would still enjoy. So yeah, I liked that you said that it, once you've been watching it for a while, you don't even realize that you're reading the subtitles anymore. Even with me being like really tired after eating like a huge dinner and laying down at like eight o'clock to watch this movie, um, I still didn't really, after a while, you just don't even realize you're reading subtitles. Yeah. Honestly, I watch a lot of stuff with low volume and with subtitles on. Oh, all the time. So, I mean. You just get used to it. Yeah. All right, let's get into our review of this film. I think I want to give it five, but I think I'm just going to give it 4.5 just because I didn't, it's not that I didn't like the ending, like when uh, Mr. Park gets stabbed, I felt like it seemed a little like, whoa, like a bit too much mm-hmm. personally. I get why it was done, but um, as, as, I don't know. <laughs> That's like the only thing that like irked me. That would get that I would not give it a perfect score, but I mean it is a beautifully written film. It is a beautifully directed film. Everyone in it did a fantastic job, and it's a story again that everyone can relate to. So I would say it's near perfect. Mm-hmm. I would give it five out of five stars. I really loved it. It's right up my alley for the genre. Um, I feel like it's just so um, universally significant, and everybody can relate to this movie in one way or another. Another theme that I really liked that. Um, we didn't talk about earlier was attempting to take too much so that's kind of a common theme in society that you know if you get put into a position of like somewhat of power it's easy to try to take or like it's easy to buy it off more than you can chew it's easy to try to like take advantage of your situation and take too much and I think that part of obviously that is what the Kims did in the situation that you know, Kevin could have probably made a lot of money just doing his job as um, the daughter's tutor and nothing would have ever gone wrong, but he kind of started getting got his a family. Little greedy. Yeah, yeah, he got a little greedy and realized that he could take advantage of this gullible, rich family and... They were the parasite. Yep. Um, so it was, a, it was a good way to depict the consequences of getting greedy about stuff. It's true. So I liked that too. There was just a lot of really, really good themes in this movie, and I enjoyed a lot of it. And I really, really want that house. I know. Really want it. I think this movie, if anything, it will open up the doors to more international films being mm-hmm. recognized. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more than just you know American and you know English films. There's there's so many more out there that we should give a chance because you know we're all human and we all have human stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, Well, that was Parasite, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, And as always, if you have any ideas on new shows or films that we should review, let us know. But um, until then, keep on streaming. Have a good one, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.